When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, you filthy animals, to Blockbuster Mentality, the show where we dig deep into the world of cinema. I'm your host, Ben Secord. And I'm Davo. Hello, Davo. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Today, we're going to talk about what's happening in the world of movies. Uh, we got a lot of news to discuss. We're going to give our Planet of the Apes review, talk about the last Jedi featurette, talk about some Infinity War, and a whole lot more. So sit back. Relax, let's talk some movies. Let's dig in. Let's dig in, because a lot has happened this week, and... This is a busy time of year. This is a very busy time of year. We are in the blockbuster season. Lots of movies coming out. And I have to say, this 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 summer has been a lot better than last summer. I mean, last summer was kind of a flop for blockbuster movies, but this summer is definitely getting better. I'm almost a bit overwhelmed by the hype. It seems yeah. like there's like something <laughs> smacking me in the face every time I look. You right. know, I need to see this movie and that yes. movie and this movie. It's like it's yeah, it's definitely a different feel than last year for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Because I mean, we had Spider Man, we had War of the Planet of the Apes, we have Dunkirk coming up, we had Baby Driver, other movies. So I mean, it's it's just it's just insane. Um, I, so. I did see Spider-Man Homecoming, which is a phenomenal film. Uh, definitely check it out. Check out my review on YouTube for that. I thought it was very well done. It's, I mean, spoiler alert, it's my favorite Spider-Man movie to date. It's. Are you a fan of the Spider-Man movies? Or? I'm sort of so-so. I'm not a big Peter Parker guy, and everything okay. I've heard from this movie is that this is probably the best portrayal of Peter Parker. Right. So um, I just I haven't seen the movie yet, but... Based on that, I will say I've got high hopes for, high hopes for this one because I, I didn't like Tobey Maguire. I didn't like the portrayal of him as Peter Parker. I didn't like – I'm not a Spider-Man guy okay. just, just because of the Peter Parker thing. I, I think Spider-Man you know, as a character is really cool, and the stuff that he does in the costume is great. Right. I don't like the other side. So if this movie does a, a better job on that other side, the human aspect of it, so – Yes. If he does, yes. then I might be more on board to the character. This is so the P- this is the Peter Parker you are looking for. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this good. one right? Did you see the Andrew Garfield ones? I did not. I refused. Okay, yeah. I don't like him. Or the, fir- wanna... the first one was okay. The second one. <laughs> Why did they need to make those? <laughs> That's why. Okay. But, uh, but yeah. you liked him in the Scorsese flick. No, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, Andrew Garfield hater. I liked him in Social okay. Network. I've, I've liked him in pretty much everything he's done. Just didn't like the way he was done there. No, I, I again, I liked the Spider-Man movies. I liked the first uh, Spider-Man movie he was in. I just can't this... get you to say you didn't like him. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, you know, that's the bottom line. It's my own feelings <laughs> that I don't like them. Well, so. you saw Hacksaw Ridge, right? I did, yeah. Did you? You like him in that? Yeah, he was great. That okay. was uh, actually, I would say uh, that was the World War Two movie to end all World War Two movies. Right. What about Dunkirk? We'll yeah, talk about that we'll later. Right? About later. <laughs> yeah. So, but bottom line, I, uh, he was great in Hacksaw Ridge. I've got right. no problem with him in So I won. Okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> I win. All right. So one movie we both did see was the new flick to basically end. I hope it's ending the trilogy, but War for the Planet of the Apes. Yep. You, you saw, saw it this it. weekend. Yep. I'm a Planet of the Apes guy. 
I've seen the original, and I think, and all of the the subsequent sequels, even the terrible ones where they're uh, driving a school bus and shooting <laughs> off guns. It gets really cheesy, but I enjoyed all of it. Yeah, uh, something about monkeys. Yeah, that's just. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I've got a fetish. I don't know what it is. No, this was a powerful movie. Really good. Uh, the CGI. Uh, I think you told me before. You saw before me. You said, and it is really good. Yeah, I mean. You're not sure. It's hard to even. Uh, it's almost like when you see the humans, it's a bit jarring because the CGI itself right. is so well done. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, that's a huge point I had in my review. Check it out on YouTube. Um, yeah, uh, the the CGI is just uncanny. I mean, there's it's just how is this not real? You know, you got the motion capture with Andy Serkis, who obviously played Gollum. And, Great job. Yeah, yeah uh, from, from Lord of the Rings. The thing and, I liked about this, too, is that there's a tie-in uh, back to the original movies. Yes. You have Cornelius, who is Caesar's son, who is uh, a main character in the original Charlton Heston movie. You also have Nova, uh, the young girl who grows up to then be uh, a character in that movie. So I think they're sort of setting up the possibility of rebooting the original Planet yeah. of the Apes movie. That would make sense. I, I wish this tie... I mean, it, it tied in great to it. I just wish... Uh, again, I'll, maybe I'll get to that a little later. But yeah, like you said, it was it was very... It was emotional, brutal. I mean, absolutely very brutal. brutal what, yeah. what happens to Caesar, obviously we won't get too much into spoilers here. This was at yeah. the edge of PG-13, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. this was... One of the most violent PG-13 movies I've ever seen. Most gory PG-13 movies I've ever seen. Pretty intense. Um, yeah, very intense. I love the emotional motivation of Caesar. And like you said, uh, the CGI the, it was just visually amazing. Like, it was amazing to look at. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was great uh, with Gollum and all that. And then they've come even farther, you know, this much farther, where you're not sure really where that future goes. I mean, you could almost imagine a movie where there are no people. Right. And you'll love it, and you'll it'll be compelling, and they'll just set up these this whole set piece of characters in a story, and you won't need humans in them at all, and you'll feel the same same thing you feel when it's, you know, not, not CGI. Right. They're getting to it's, that point, it seems like. Yeah. And then, I mean, even uh, speaking of humans, talking about the actual uh, movie, I mean... Th- not to get more negative. I mean, I really, I really like this movie. I mean, I'll talk about my rating a little later on, but uh, I re- really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the uh, bad ape, uh, the, the which was the funny ape played by Steve Zahn. Yeah, I thought he was a great addition, great uh, com- comedic uh, comedy relief. The there. movie needed that bit absolutely because it. it was very dark and gruesome. I mean, because I, I, I've, I've loved this trilogy so far. I was so excited. This was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. Very grim. Yeah, very, very. Very, 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 very grim. But, uh, but yeah, just um, so, so saying that, uh, going into this film, I was expecting totally an all-out war. Um, so it was almost. So, I, I kind of feel cheated a little bit. I, I feel like it wasn't a total war for the Planet of the Apes. I mean, yeah, it's almost mistitled. Yeah, way. the the war, in some ways, is really more between different factions of humans whom. One faction you'd never meet, uh, so it's not it, it. It you know based on the title, you'd think this might be a final showdown between apes and people. This is not what happens, right? And now it does happen a bit in the opening, 
but this is not the resolution of the movie. And right. so, yeah, I mean, I was left thinking as I saw it, this is a very powerful movie. This is a very emotional movie. It's very well done. Um, but unlike movies where they grow on you um, after you see them, this one actually started to gnaw on me a bit. I started to get a bit more critical of yeah. the story the farther away I put myself from it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because it seems like I never actually, despite being told that this is the case, that uh, human civilization is breaking down and they're on the brink of survival, I actually don't feel that way. I don't see anything beyond what's going on in Northern California. I don't get a sense of right. anything that's happening to people that aren't soldiers. Or, you know, we get a brief of, of little Nova and her father, but that's very minimal. So I don't know that... I don't get the same feeling that humanity is at crisis. Right, yeah. You just see this military group is the main thing affected. And again, it's only, like you said, in California. It's in right. the San Francisco area. That's all we see. Like, Does it feel like a moment where it's like live or die? Right. Not no. really, right? No, not at all. I mean, again, it's called Planet of the Apes, not a uh, little city of the apes. Right, <laughs> so we're not really much farther away from the very beginning of the movie where Caesar is in a cage, you know, in San Francisco or wherever. So he's only left maybe 100 or 200 miles. Nothing has really left this little region. Right, yeah. But yet we're told that humanity is at stake right i mean yeah i mean the only and the only thing for that is it's not because of apes it's because of this virus that's gone around and right but they're able to muster these tanks and all these other things and helicopters and all that stuff so i i don't know are we led to believe that this is the last remaining bit of humanity yeah it sort of says that but how could that be possible i wish they you know had more of a conclusive answer on that uh what did what did you think of woody harrelson I thought he left a lot on the table. <laughs> yes. I was expecting a bit more here, and I didn't get it. I, I'm a big Woody, Woody Harrelson guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was excited that he was in this movie and more of a villain. And th- that's what I've loved about these movies. It's like, you know, humans and villains. We're humans. Well, you know, shouldn't we be rooting for the humans? But no, they've humanized these apes. You know, you, you get their side, but you're kind of torn in a way. Yeah, this you know, one was you're... completely from the perspective of the apes. Yeah. The humans are the bad guys. Right. Uh, humans almost have nothing to feel sympathetic to, which I, I, I think uh, is not really to a credit to the movie because you're left sort of, you know, siding against yourself in a weird way. But... You know, the way the character says, uh, you know, what was my choice? And it's about survival. So how can you really, you know, blame, right. you know, their actions? And I, I thought it was a bit muddled there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I wish they, they left you more torn. Like, oh, man, you know, I, I understand, you know, how the humans feel. I understand how the apes yeah. feel, you know, kind of how they did with They did it with Rise. They did it with right. Dawn. This is more like um, apes good, humans yeah, bad. Yeah, it was this bottom line. Like, you felt nothing for the humans. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of Woody Harrelson, yeah, I think I was a little disappointed by his performance. I was, a, I was not, expecting not, more. Not necessarily his performance, just the way his character was written, I guess. Because, uh, I mean, he basically performed the way it was written. Yeah. Well, I think you made a good point uh, off air that you know the first movie was more about people, and then the second movie was less about people, and then the third one was more about humans just being sort of soldiers, right? And that, you know, so you go from like losing, gradually losing your humanity as apes slowly, you know, gain theirs or, or right, you yeah. Say. But I, in the end, I was off. I was just sort of wondering because what happens, what we learn. Although I will say, 
I'm sort of going on and on here, but in the beginning of the movie, which I did like, was you didn't necessarily have had to have seen the first two movies before you saw this one. There's right. a nice crawl in the beginning explaining what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, and you have your you have your simian flu, which wipes out uh, much of humanity. And then in, in this movie, we learn that there's a mutation of that virus that renders uh, humans speechless and then affects your higher level thinking. So you almost become sort of ape-like, right? Right. So, okay, Good. And then there's a there's a dilemma here about uh, what do you do with those people that catch that mutation? Do you shoot them, which pe- the the colonel Woody Harrelson colonel is is doing? Um, but minor spoilers here. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going sticking I'm stepping on here. <laughs> but a... but I, well, my my big problem. But this leads into my problem with the movie was did any of this matter? Right. Did all the stuff we see really impact? Because if it's just a spread of a virus and it seemingly cannot be stopped, since we already know where this leads, which is a planet of the apes, because we've seen the very first movie, which this one is tying into, is all of this action sort of pointless? Right. Because we know the humans lose. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're yeah, good. I mean, it's They're... true. I mean, yeah, I mean, because I, I, I do see this as almost prequels to right. what, you know, the original Charlton, Charles, Charleston Heston uh, Planet of the Apes, or at least the first one. So does it matter that right. Woody Harrelson's character is particularly mean right. or yeah, whatever? You, you know what's going to happen. But right. I, I, I like the, you know, sort of Moses-esque uh, t- uh, feel to, to what Caesar did. And, yeah, there's and, some biblical and, stuff know, in here. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we're being quite critical on it. But, I, I mean, it was still, a, <laughs> I mean, overall, this, this is a trilogy will go down as one of the yeah. best trilogies of all time at least top 10 no i enjoyed it uh, i know i'm like i said I, this one started to eat at me a bit because the, i started to think on it right a yeah bit too much um, i think it'll uh this is my least favorite of the trilogy but still the very strong trilogy yeah i thought there was a bit too much on you know greatest trilogy of all time stuff i've seen yeah and, i mean it's definitely not the greatest on, trilogy no. of all time that's why i said yeah top 10 i mean i don't even um, know where i would place it but it's certainly not near all time I no mean, yeah <laughs> i mean would you say top 10 though I don't even know 10. I mean, I know just off the top of my head, it's nowhere near the original Star Wars. It's nowhere near The Godfather, despite Indiana 3 Jones. being sucky. It's nowhere near Indiana Jones. It's nowhere near Lord of the Rings. So why am I even thinking about it? You know, yeah, it's that's not, true. It's not touching any of them. So right. what do you mean top whatever? I mean, just stop with the saying it's the greatest Let's whatever. just say it's a great trilogy. It's a good, it's yeah. It's a great, it's a fun trilogy. It's fun. It's yes. good. They're well made. Let's not go crazy about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to go crazy and say it's in the top ten. But, oh, that's uh, fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because I, I loved Rise. I, Dawn was just one of the, my favorite movies of the last, like, three, four years. Or it was came out. I'd say it's my favorite movie of this decade. They're good movies. They're just, one of my favorite movies. No decade. doubt about it. But yeah. this one did not. I would not say this was an incredible movie that you know blew my mind or anything like that. Absolutely. All right. So in our new, you want to explain our new rating score? What would you what would you give this? Yeah. So in in our new, we're trying to find you know how do we rate movies, and it's really tough to rate you know. Uh, and like I said, an old school versus a Godfather. How do you rate a comedy on the same scale that you would rate, you know, the, one of the best movies ever? Right. So we came up with a system where, uh, on one hand, we rate buckets of popcorn on a scale of one to five, 
and stars. Right. So uh, buckets of popcorn being your level of enjoyment, your level of entertainment. Yeah, like like Anchorman. Like right. Anchorman would be would no, be nowhere near five stars, no. but maybe five buckets of popcorn. Exactly. So you love Anchorman, right? So Anchorman, it, just because you love Anchorman, and you watch it a million times, is that really a ten? If you're going to say that Raging Bull is a ten, no, it doesn't make sense. Right. Right. So. So so we do pop buckets of popcorn and stars. So on this one, I'll say uh, this one gets uh, three buckets of popcorn and two and a half stars. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. So three buckets. You, you get more popcorns than stars. I thought this was more entertaining okay. than it was deep. Okay. This is uh, more. More. I, see, I'm a little opposite on that. Okay. I, I'm a, I think it was a little more deep, and that's why I gave it a little less popcorn. I think it was really slow. Uh, that's why I gave it less popcorn. Um. Very very slow in the middle there. Uh, I, I give it three stars and two buckets of popcorn. Okay, well that's fair. I, I would just say, like I, Dawn, Dawn, I would yeah. give probably four, four or four and a half stars and four and a half. I would give it about the same buckets of popcorn as well. Yeah, so the perfect movie is the one that entertains you endlessly and is also like you know the most incredibly right. mentally stimulating right. thing you've ever seen. I mean, in the same time, I mean, mentally stim is still entertaining. But you guys know what we mean by popcorn. Right. Deep, yes. makes you think about your life. <laughs> right. You know, that sort yes. Of thing. Absolutely. Uh, art, you know, uh, you know, cinematography, that sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think. Um, I think this one was a lot of flash and not a lot of depth. Right. So that's where I'm. Okay. That's where I'm heading on that. That's fair enough. Where do you? Where would you rank it amongst the, amongst the other films in the trilogy? It might be my second favorite or or third. Yeah. I I don't know. I I think I might put the I I think I might put the very first one in front. That's my favorite. the first one is your favorite. Not yeah. Dawn. Okay. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I like have... well because I was such a fan of the old ones. Uh, and and I thought it's harder, you know, to reboot something that grabs an original fan so well, like me. And that one really did. It made yeah. me so interested in it. So yeah, I, I like that gradualness me. of that film. Like some people said, it was slow, but I liked how it was gradual. Yeah, so too. did I. And you know, like I think I said this too. You know, James Franco was probably the best human in the entire series. Yeah. And you know, I'm as a human, I'm partial to humans. Oh, really? So, <laughs> you're human. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to root against myself. I think that we can be a little bit better. And he was a good human, one of the very few good humans in the entire freaking trilogy. So I, I think this this trilogy, we're gonna close our book on it, and maybe we'll come up with something different, and maybe it'll show a bit like the first one, where you know, humans, you know, we're not such bad guys. You know, we've got some faults, but we're we're not terrible. We're right. Yeah. All right, we actually have a special guest today. Uh, we have uh, him calling him all the way from New York. Um, we're excited to have him on. Uh, he's a film critic for U.S. Film Magazine, uh, Michael Brennan. Michael Brennan, how you doing? Hey, Ben. Uh, happy to be on here. Yeah, we're great to have you. Uh, we, you know, we've been following you a little bit. How did you? Uh, how did you discover our show? Well, I heard a little bit uh, about you get your podcast, so I took a listen, and I, uh, I have to say, uh, it left a little bit to be desired. To be honest with you. Well, I mean, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, uh, how do I put this delicately? Uh, your podcast is it's sort of like if you can imagine a, a really intense science uh, experiment, or uh, someone doing, uh, say, physics, or something like, or biochemistry, and then off to the side are, are two children, 
and they have a couple of microphones, and they're trying to explain the action. Uh, that's what I would say your podcast is like. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. You don't have the vocabulary. You don't have the understanding. You guys are so far behind. Rank amateurs. I'm a professional. You understand? I work at U.S. Film Magazine. Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry you, know, you feel that way. I mean, I appreciate you still taking the time to, to, to call us and, you know, I appreciate what the work you've done with, with U.S. Film Magazine. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm taking the time, but I don't have a lot of time. All right, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to be quick, so, let, yeah, let's just get into the call. I mean, again, sorry. Yeah, I'm hanging out here in, uh, you know, in beautiful Manhattan, you know, downtown New York, you know, in Manhattan. Where are you guys? Uh, well, I mean, we're down here in Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Florida. So, so you're telling me you live in the armpit of the United States. Oh, I mean, and, you're... And I'm here in the center, the cultural center of the world. Um, and you guys are, you know, you, maybe you need a little feed stick or some uh, Old Spice Fiji. Wow, Mike. I, I mean, all right. So, I mean, I think we're getting a little off topic here. I mean, I think let's just talk about some movies. Uh, I mean, let's let's just get to the core of that. I'm sorry you know you feel that way, but we still, you know, are. are yeah, pr- let's, let's move on. Yes, Michael. Okay, thank you, Michael. Now, again, I'm Michael Brennan. I write for U.S. Film Magazine. I'm a professional. Just so, just so the audience understands, you guys are rank amateurs. Amateurs. All right, Michael. What? What? All right. So let's just get into it. What? What? What did you think of Planet of the Apes? Yeah, it was a good movie, and uh, but I think all this talk about Andy Serkis being uh, you know nominated for an Oscar is completely ridiculous. It's, it's totally overblown. The guy's playing an ape for Christ's sake. Again, an ape. Yeah, yeah, he's playing an ape, but I mean, he 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 performed. He you know he made a great performance. I think the emotion really carried out in in his uh, in his portrayal. Um, you know, I, I don't think he'll win the Oscar, but I mean, he should be still be at least in the consideration. Oh, like let me let me tell you who who really should be in the consideration and who should win the Oscar this year is Dan Stevens. You know, he played the Beast and Beauty and the Beast. Well, yeah, yeah, I thought that I thought that was great as all, but I mean that was nowhere near the emotion and the and the. No way! No, you know, he played a lion, the king of the jungle. He's regal. Well, Andy Circus played an ape. You saw the movie, right? Didn't you see the movie, Ben? Yeah, I, absolutely. I saw both movies, and I thought that. I th- yeah, and what did you see the apes doing? They were flinging their poo. They're just throwing their feces all over the main character. It's an ape, for Christ's sake. Okay, yeah, I mean it's it's an ape, but I mean the, the beast. I don't think he was playing uh, a lo- a lion or whatever you said. Uh, he, he was playing you know a combination of characters. He was just a, he was he was a beast. You know he was a, he was a mammal. I'm sorry. Uh, who's the professional who writes for a nationally syndicated magazine? Okay, okay Michael. Okay, I mean what what, what? you got? The, oh, hold on, hold, hold, let's just hold on there, cowboy. You've got these monkeys. <laughs> They're throwing their feces. They're putting their hands. God knows what doing. God knows what when they're putting their hands down their pants or whatever. You know, I'm sorry. I cannot support someone who's going to play an ape. You know, give me a regal animal, like a lion, the king of the jungle. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking for. Something with culture, please. I mean, apes, you know, did come from humans, you know, some people think. So, I mean, I mean, they're they're more right, human on, than, on. than lions are. Hang on one sec. Honey, no, no. Okay, she's. You know, I'm I'm a feminist, just like the next guy. But you know, here comes the check, and there they go. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, wait, hold on, baby, girl power. Oh, well, there she goes. Mom's. Hello, uh, Mr. Brennan. 
I'm sorry, I thought the dinner was it's it's girl. it's quite all right. I really appreciate your thoughts on uh, on Planet of the Apes. You know, I'm, I uh, again, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, I, I tell you, you know, you take the girl out and you believe in equality and you do all this stuff and then you know the check comes and she disappears and and, and you know, she's honey. Now she's around the corner. Okay, it's not happening. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Brennan, I really appreciate you coming on the show. That's pretty much all the time we have. Um, again, it, it, you know, whether you're an ape or a lion, I think it comes down to the performance and the betrayal. Now, well, it comes down to whether or not you're a professional in the industry, and you guys are ranked amateurs. Okay. Well, well, maybe we'll have you on again. We'll discuss other films. I mean, would you be willing to come on the show again? I'm happy to come on and tell you guys how wrong you are anytime you want. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll appreciate you coming on. You have a great day, Mr. Brennan. Nah, honey. Our next story uh, would have to be uh, so D twenty three was this past weekend, which was uh, basically the Disney, almost like a Disney Comic Con. Basically, people who are part of the D twenty three club have access to this thing in L A. And you know they show different, you know, show different Disney footage, Disney upcoming Disney films. Uh, one thing they did show was uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, they didn't show a new trailer, but it was more almost like a behind-the-scenes uh, featurette, uh, which they you know kind of showed the scenes to, uh, and gave us some glimpses of of what uh, what might be there. It's a, um, it's not a teaser, but it right. it does sort of give you a little bit of just yeah. some some crumbs into you know sights and sounds of what's going on, and you get some actor perspectives and things. Yeah, which yeah, so I, I I like that. I love you know behind the scenes stuff. I think they did the same thing with with Force Awakens, which I know you're not you know the biggest fan of, but I'm uh, not. I'm critical. You are a critical, <laughs> but I have higher hopes for this film. Okay, good, good. So I mean, from what you've seen so far and and what you saw from this uh, featurette, I mean, what what did you think of this, about this uh, behind the scenes stuff? Here? So there's some cool things going on here. There's this new planet. It's called uh, Cantel Bite or something like that, and I think. Uh, Ryan Johnson said this is something about rich assholes where they live. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. I think I saw that quote. Uh, but I, I, one thing I got from this featurette is that it's clear that they're, at least for me, I think they're they're saying we're not making another empire. They're saying it's unexpected, but maybe not in the way you might be thinking. So they're right. trying to break patterns here. So I think that what what – what maybe they're anticipating is, look, we did episode seven, and then you know the middle one is going to be sort of like an Empire kind of movie where it's dark, and maybe there's a big reveal about someone. We're like, no, we're not, we're not making that. We're making something different, which I like. Be original, and that was one of my th- things that one of the things I had a problem with episode seven was that it felt like a lot as it was leaning so heavily on the old stuff, just doing it better technically, which is nice. But it's not enough of a movie to make me be like, yes, this is awesome. So I do appreciate that, you know, we're we're doing something original. And I think that was a strong message. And so that this kind of, you know, makes me more hopeful about this upcoming movie. Yeah, absolutely. And and I love the, the different scenes. I and mean, like you you're touching on with Empire, it also makes me scared a little bit because in the in the feature you know, you have different interviews with the cast, things like that, and they do say how, you know, there's there's shocking moments, there's twists and turns. So I mean, are they talking about like the twist and turn in Jedi where Vader is Luke's father? I don't so, think so. I think they're trying to yeah. steer clear of that and the twist is maybe gonna be something else. At least yeah. maybe I'm being yeah. just hopeful here. Yeah, I think so too. 
Like, I mean, because in the trailer we got, you know, you, you have uh, Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end. So, I mean, it, I think it might have something to do with that a little bit. So, right. yeah, that, that makes me hopeful. But, yeah, I think, you know, what we saw of this, I love what they're doing, you know, continuing the practical effects, you know, limiting the CGI. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, you see puppets and, you know, yeah. real things interacting in the real world. Actual is, animatronic yeah, aliens. Yeah, exactly. I, I've, yeah, I will say that. That's that's a great point to bring up. There's, and, there's, there's like a, a, a giant, looks like a real size Millennium Falcon. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah and there's like a, they're like having a campfire underneath yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. It seems like it's the island Luke was on at the end of So Force good. Awakens. Such a great choice. So cool. I appreciate that. However much money, you know, Disney is spending to do this, it's all worth it. Yes. <laughs> and I love that shot of the, they're the cameras like in a trench and then you see all this like red dust flying down. yeah yeah what that's, is that is that i, I don't even i know. don't know but yeah. it looks cool it looks <laughs> it's cool. cool it's that's... probably just like styrofoam flying right but yeah. you see the little like intrepid cameraman wearing like a little raincoat <laughs> right on them that look yeah that looks amazing it's in the super slow motion and then yeah. another thing i took from it was uh kylo and also ray were Kylo was fighting two different people. Yeah, yeah. Ray was also fighting two different people. So we were trying to figure out so, if we could recognize anyone. Yeah. There. It didn't look like it. It seemed like stunt people. Yeah, stunt people. So, But I do think there's going to be a battle you know, with other people that uh, can have lightsabers. Uh, we'll maybe see. the Knights of Ren. We, we shall see. We're here to speculate. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, yeah, the things I took from it, yeah, it's practical effects. <laughs> the, my favorite aliens are the little frog guys in the tuxes. Yeah, it's, just, it's like <laughs> almost like a hand puppet, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> And that uh, that has a you know, little cool nod to, to, to Carrie Fisher. She gets a little line in the featurette. I know you're it's, what's uh... you know it's enough already. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just you know I you know you read like YouTube comments. We're like, oh, I felt a tear when I saw her. <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay, unless you know her personally, you didn't cry. Just stop already. You know. So you she... never felt something from a celebrity, or I, no, I don't. I I can't say off the top of my head. No, but specific... what about Robin Williams? I felt sad for Robin Williams, yeah. Okay. Okay. That was the first time I've ever, like, been, like, I didn't cry or anything, but, like, I felt, like, kind of, like, upset about it for, like, that night. (laughs) Yeah, I I heard uh, um, an interview with him on Mark Maron um, where he talked about some of his issues, and that was a tough one because, yeah, it's just. So it's, like, an interview, like, before, like. Yeah, it was before. It was a He was on Maron, I think, you know, years before he, what happened. Uh, and then Marin replayed it because I used to listen to Marin all the time. Don't anymore. But that's... is that the guy with the show? Like he has a show. Like, uh, is he, he had, a comedian, or he has a uh, WTF podcast, uh, and then he had an IFC show. Oh and yeah, and he's yeah, on uh, Glow, which is a great little Netflix. Yeah, I know. I still, I've been hearing. Show. You gotta watch that. I know. It's a really good show. Really entertaining. As a as a wrestling fan, when I was a kid and a teenager, um, then I got off of it. But it's funny to see something that's all woman cast, and it's. It's the best show I've ever seen about wrestling ever, and it's just mostly all women. So that's yeah, really well done. I know everyone's telling me to watch. You got to see so it. I, Good yeah, stuff. I, I need to check it out. But uh, yeah, I felt bad about Robin Williams, and then uh, well, Chris Cornell recently. Um, I, speaking of which, breaking news: Did you hear the singer? I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of them. Lincoln but, Park. Yeah, yeah, Lincoln Park. Chester. I wasn't Lincoln a big Park. fan either. Yeah, yeah but, but it's just crazy, man. These, it's not these... nice to see. You know, how do you deal with success and wealth and? adulation right. i don't know you know because we all want a, just a tiny bit of it but we don't want all of it maybe getting all of that is just too much for anyone to handle right yeah especially yeah, with that has issues and things like that but i will go back to defending myself about character <laughs> <laughs> because 
Look, you know, uh, you know, we remember hearing, remembering her from years ago. It's not like she's really that much in the public consciousness. I feel bad. She was a bit of a basket case. I'm sorry. Let's just move on. What will happen if Robert De Niro dies? I will uh, scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, th- I'll, I think I'll be. I, I think Harrison Ford dying too will affect me more yeah, than you know, it Gary Fisher. But they both, uh, yeah. As long as Harrison Ford dies in a self plane crash, then I don't know what I'll think. Yeah, this man needs that's to kind of badass, actually. <laughs> well, like, but it, it, maybe in pursuit of something, right? Not yeah. Just randomly, like I'm just tooling around in my neighborhood, right? But I think at least these men have done enough in their lives. Carrie Fisher kind of, you know, what has she done in the last 30 years? Nothing. Nothing, right? So to, to pretend that you've you've been engaged with this, in this woman and, you know, all up in her life, you haven't. So she happened to just show up for one movie and you said, okay, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but let's just move on. And then, all right, so, yeah, speaking of moving on, our next news story, speaking of death, uh, so, again, again, oh, at, get at, hated here. Oh. at D23, the Infinity War, the, the fourth, or the third Avengers film was uh, revealed, the trailer for the, fourth, the third Avengers film was revealed, Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, I really like how they show it and then can't just have you see it. Right. They have to release I a mean, description of the trailer. Yes. Thank you so much. Make me wait until I can actually see <laughs> it. I mean, I understand. I mean, D23 people, I think they people are in it's that exclusive. pay a lot of money and they're exclusive. I understand just showing it, but at least show the rest of the world in a couple days later. Yeah. Uh yeah. But uh, they did give us a, de- a description of it, which is cool. A very promising one. Yes, very promising. So basically, the it starts off with uh, them basically going, pa- you know, through all the movies since Iron Man, like giving you like a tribute to all those movies. I guess it's very like cool to see, cool music. Even that alone, I guess, is worth seeing. But then the actual trailer for Infinity War begins, which uh-huh. we have not seen, and it's just a brief little description to hear from uh, here from Screen Rant. Uh, the, uh, it reads, The trailer begins with a passed out and wounded Thor floating in space. Guardians of the Galaxy hit him as they are flying. <laughs> How great is this stuff? <laughs> Already, within a few words, yes. I'm like, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy hit him as they are flying through space in the Milano. He's stuck to the windshield and Rocket proposes using the windshield wipers to wake him up. Typical Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Thor is brought into the Milano, wakes up and says, who the hell are you guys? There's a cut to Loki holding the Tesseract. Shot of Spider-Man on a bus. Arm hair stands up. So he has Spidey sense. Mm -hmm. Confirming Spidey sense. Iron Man. He's got the Spidey sense. He's got the Spidey (laughs) sense because he did not have it in Homecoming. Spoiler alert. And he's got the Spidey sense now. Iron Man working with the Guardians. Uh, Thanos arrives to battle Avengers. Spider-Man shown wearing a new suit from End of Spider-Man Homecoming. Spoiler alert. Cut to Peter with mask off saying, I'm sorry to Stark. Thanos battling Doctor Strange, Star-Lord, and Iron Man. Shows Captain America in new suit with a beard. Black Widow is now blonde. Thanos pulls pieces of a moon mm-hmm. to Earth to toss at Avengers. And then you get the Avengers logo, Infinity War. There we go. So, I know, you know, you're not uh, the biggest comic book guy, but uh, I know you're a fan of Iron Man. and Yeah, I'm know. not a comic book guy, but I will say I'm getting a bit of Avengers fatigue. 
So it's nice to see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy getting rolled in here because yes. these guys provide a good, good uh, you know, capability and comedic relief into the sense, you know, where it's like, it feels like the Avengers movies are like so dark and grim and the world's about to end until we do this one thing. Yeah. And I just like how Guardians of the Galaxy is so much lighter. Well, that's, yeah, I like that too. But it, at the same time, Aven- Avengers, um, in the trailers, they show that it's going to be dark and grim, but it's never that dark and that's grim. That's true. Especially with Age of Ultron, Avengers 2. Like, it was, yeah. I thought it was going to be so dark and I thought it was going to be, which I was hoping for. Yeah. And then James Spader with the voice of Ultron. Like, I was, but then when the movie came yeah. out, I was like, oh, it wasn't that dark. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. But Guardians um, of the Galaxy give yes. what I think are real comedy versus. Yes. Hey, here's a comedic line that this guy's gonna say, and then we all have to laugh at. Right? Yeah, it's, they give new life to it's this. Universe. Actually, funny. Yeah, it really does release the tension. You know? They yeah, like yeah, exactly. They so give, just imagining they, that first scene where Thor's, I just imagine him like, you know, screaming down in the middle of space, and then just getting hit by the <laughs> <laughs> by the spacecraft. Like, hey, should we? Uh, do windshield wipers? <laughs> yes. Of course, they have windshield wipers. Right. For what? Yeah. Purpose. I don't know. <laughs> for the for the script. Right. But, uh, but that's what makes it funny. You know, yeah. that's who they are. They're like kind of morons, but you know, they can do what they can come together and do what they need to do. So yeah. I like that. But what what I love about this is just is Thanos. I mean, I, I'm not a big comic book reader, but I did read this the Infinity Gauntlet storyline with Thanos and how he got all the infinity gems, things mm-hmm. like that. And this movie uh, you know, has me super excited because of that. Um Wow, but- you've just entered that realm. Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Again, I'm not a big comic book reader, but I did read that arc. And Brolin, you a good, you a big fan of him? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Brolin fan. I haven't been a big fan of what uh, Thanos has looked like, especially in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I, yeah, I was a bit um, disappointed in that. But as well. what, I, what I've heard about uh, the description of him in this trailer, he looks very menacing, which is great. Um, but anyways, this is just this is what the whole universe is building up to has been this battle uh, ever since Iron Man 1 and then until Avengers they the Avengers is when they first teased Thanos right they are been leading up to this moment and I just love that even if the movies suck after this movie <laughs> at least we had this set of movies from 2008 to 2018 you know that really just are well, just great comic book films. They'll figure something out, about. though, even if not. But uh, yeah. are you worried, though, that there might be a bit overload on characters? Uh, yes and no. Because, uh, I mean, I, I know how you feel, but I, I really loved <laughs> Civil War, and I, I, I thought that was a great... Because I was worried about that. I, I thought yeah. there was going to be too many characters, but Civil War totally worked for me. Okay. I thought it was one of the best comic book movies uh You know, I'm a skeptic, made. and I, I, I feel like I'm in the minority, even though I don't think I should be. But yes, okay. <laughs> no, I, I just feel like I'm staking out this position that that most people disagree with, and they're all excited about. No, it, so. I mean, no, 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 I mean, it's good to have other perspectives. I mean, because, like I said, you're not big into it. I've been invested in this universe since okay. 2008. So, yeah, like, I, for me, it's just like it's so exciting to realize that this is almost the grand finale to me of all these films since so, 2008, and so then after, anything that comes after it, it's like, okay, great, we get bonus films. So this movie will. Will will end a lot of the storylines. It, it will, going? but there's a. This is it was supposed to be Avengers: Infinity War Part One and Two. Um, so they are filming Avengers Four 
which comes out a year later. Usually Avengers films are three years apart, but this is basically a two-part Avengers film. This is this is basically part one of Infinity War, but Avengers 4 will be a different name. See, I hear that, and I just see, and I just hear endless movies that don't ever end, and uh, yeah. endless characters. Do you understand that? At least yeah, a little bit? I mean, like, I, I, <laughs> like, I get what you're saying. You're I, saying, like, no, this is a story that will resolve, but here there are five more basically movies. Basically, this is the beginning of the end for me. So, basically, <laughs> okay. Infinity War is going to come out, okay? Right. And then you're going to have Captain Marvel, which is a movie that's going to star Brie Larson. She's Captain Marvel. And then you're going to have, I think, Ant-Man versus uh, Ant-Man. I like Wasp. Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man 2. Will, Ant-Man and Captain Marvel will come out in between Avengers 3 and Avengers 4. So okay. I was a big fan of Ant Man. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 basically this is a two part. Is he going to get involved in these? Or are they going? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be in these. So what the, a cash the, cow for these guys. Yeah. Huh? Just. A, I, I know. I, I saw it's, the. It's, big, it's all about the money. Yes. <laughs> they're all showing up on stage and they're all yeah. pumping their fists. They're just like, yes, this is like ten million dollars. Brolin looks freaking swole. He looks. Did you see him? Yeah. In yeah. That yeah photo? Like, up, yeah. He's playing Cable. In and uh, in Deadpool two, are you a fan of Deadpool? Yeah, Deadpool was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just saw, I heard a, a little quote from T.J. Miller saying this is the funniest script he's ever read. So oh, I'm nice. I'm glad that. it's funny. But yeah, I think Josh Brolin would be a great addition to that. Um, What's he playing in that? Uh, Cable. Uh, What's Cable? He's uh, technically he's the son of Cyclops and uh, and uh, Jean Grey, but I don't think that's. Oh really? Yeah, but in what, the comics, what, what anyways. What does he have? What does he do? Uh, he's he's got a metal arm. He's got. Uh, I, I, I wish <laughs> I had the answer. I just I just. Know. He has to wear sunglasses and can read <laughs> people's minds. Let's just say that. There you <laughs> go. But anyways, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. Oh, okay. Uh, anyways, um, no, I didn't know that. Character. Him and him, him and Deadpool teamed up in the. When comics. is that coming out? Uh, next year, next uh, I think February next year. Okay, yeah. So, but yeah, Josh Brolin. I, I like Josh Brolin. Loved him in yeah, no, Co- no Country for Old oh, Men. God, I, yeah. Well, that movie is good, but it also makes you feel like a piece of garbage because it's yes. like what's left in this world, right? <laughs> a guy coming after me with a cattle gun. Absolutely. <laughs> One thing I'm excited to uh, talk about is the new uh, T- Tarantino. He's got two films left, apparently. He's going to do ten films in his career. He's got two more. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, he wants to do just ten films, which I think is great. I think that's great to have that ambition and to have that, uh, you know, because you don't want to get washed up. You don't want to get, uh, I don't know, you just don't want to get to that point where well, you're you just... can make many bad ones yeah exactly well, he and has... still make money but he wants to... i like that he has an artistic thing about him where he wants to make quality movies he wants to make the movies he wants to make he's not so much worried about the money he's just he wants to make the movies he wants to make but anyways news leaked out that uh what his next project will be which i assume will come out uh next year sometime but uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter brings out that Quentin, Quentin Tarantino is quietly starting to put together his latest project and is talking to A-list actors for what is promising to be a unique take on the Manson family murders. Yeah, how interesting is this? Yes. Uh, the project, whose title is unknown, was written by Tarantino, who would also direct, obviously. Right. Um and yeah, that's basically what it is. I mean, we, we there's uh, names floating around about uh, Brad Pitt possibly playing the lawyer that's prosecuting um, uh, what's uh, Manson, and then also Margot Robbie's name is floating around. The, to play, the very uh, lovely Margot Robbie yep, playing Sharon, play Tate. Sharon Tate. Again, the very lovely Mar- <laughs> Margot Robbie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what it is. But um, she, I, I look at her and I, I just forget what's yes. happening in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and I'm gonna give my opinion first. Uh, I'm a big Tarantino guy. Yeah, I, I absolutely, and I know you are too. But uh, I absolutely love Tarantino. Although I've fallen against him uh, of late. No. no. Okay. Okay. And I haven't been a big fan of his late of his latter work. Okay. I'll just say. Yeah. I mean, his last film, Hateful Eight, was probably my least favorite of his films. But uh, but anyways, I'm a big Tarantino guy. So I, I this I think is a great movie for him. I like that he's using a a, a story that's based on uh, actual events. Yeah, I don't think he's ever done one that's been yeah. a, a sort of real story. Right. I mean, he did Inglorious Bastards, which was. The World War Two era, but that was really yeah. No. They killed Hitler in it, you right? Know, they they uh, machine gunned him to death. Yeah, this would uh, be more like a true crime, yeah. which he's never delved into. Yeah, so I'm I'm so excited for this. I think this is going to be great. I think this is a perfect film for him to direct. You know, the sadistic wise and just uh, this will be a bit of a challenge for him. You think since, so? Well, since he hasn't done this sort of thing before, right. yeah, that's true, and. You know, there'll be a lot of expectations on this, and I already, you know, read some pressure on, you know, honoring the victims because it was a pretty brutal thing. Yeah, absolutely. It was a thing that captivated the nation, and you have to make it believable since it actually happened in real life, um, which leads us to who's going to play Charles Manson. Right. Yes. Um, so I have a couple of choices. Um, I, I mean, we, you know, there's no, you know, there's no names even floating out <laughs> right. there from from Tarantino sources or anything. Uh, one name that popped up for me was uh, Billy Crudup. Okay. Um, you know, he was in uh, Almost Famous. He was in uh, The thing I Watchmen. liked him most, it was in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah Watchmen. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he's been another thing. He was in Jackie, which I didn't like Jackie, but I liked him in. I don't know. I think he has the look to him. I think he has the ability to play the Manson type. Um, but if not him, I have – sorry, I have two choices. Uh, Paul Dano. Uh, Paul Dano – I main performance for me that sticks out. Uh, main performance of his that sticks out to me is uh, Inglorious or no, uh, there will be blood. Right. Uh, he plays the priest guy. I think he could do a real good uh, Charles Manson. So I mean, those are my two picks. If I had to pick one of those, I, I I'm leaning towards Billy Crudup. But uh, what 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 do you got? So for me, I'll say Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. My my issue with Paul Dano is I think it needs to be someone that's somewhat handsome but also charming and crazy, and I think uh, Paul Dano would be pushed off by the yeah that's true because it needs to be someone that's going to captivate young women and young men to right. do the same thing, which is hard, you know, because these people only come along <laughs> once in a while that could convince you know a whole group of people to go and murder an actress. Like just imagine that, right? So who do you? It, it's it's a really difficult cast. Yeah. Uh, but someone, but so I would just say Joaquin Phoenix, just because of his ability to yeah, maybe I, fill that role. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know who whoever it is. You might be like, Ugh. I feel like, right. wh- Whatever the announcement is, I'll be like, Ugh. no, I I have no problem with Joaquin Phoenix at all. I think he's. I think he's a great actor, good-looking enough, like you said. You're going to need to see it, though. You need to see it in action to really believe right, it. Right, yeah. I mean, it just goes down to, I mean, I never, you know, doubt a performance until I see it because it goes down yeah. to the Heath Ledger choice for Joker. <laughs> right, great I, I've said this so many times on this podcast, but God, Heath Ledger you know, for Joker, when he first was announced that he was going to be Joker, was like, what? Are you kidding me? Jeez, you know, as you, you say that, me? you know, he would have made a great Manson with the beard yeah. and the sort of yes. manic, you know, he was a good looking guy. He was yeah. able to obviously do crazy. Right. And the, wow, she's, 
Heath Ledger for Manson. Yes. Christ. Let's let's do that. Let's CGI him. In yeah, there. I know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's what it is. Because yeah. you're right. You don't. You don't. You can't appreciate it until you actually view it. You don't know what the intent is there. You don't know how it's going to be written. You don't know how they're. You know, going to say how do you do these scenes? Yeah. Yeah. Great call. And, and so yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for this movie. I mean, Tarantino movies, I feel like are just an event. I mean, they're basically they come out no more, no less than three years. You know, no less than every three years. But that's crazy, though. So this will be his second to last movie. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, apparently. He said, I guess he said, you know, if I'm 70 and inspiration strikes, you know. How old is he now? He's like, I think he's 52 or something. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah. I I tend to think he peaked really early. I think it's great, though, because, I mean, 10 films, you know, it's, it's, it's. You know, he's not trying to just pop out films just to make money. He just wants to make films he wants to make. Ten films is good, and then he wants to just do his own thing. So I think that's great. Um, speaking of great films, um, uh, the trailer for The Disaster Artist uh, <laughs> yeah. just was released. This is a film uh, that James Franco and uh, Seth Rogen are making. James uh-huh. Franco is actually actually directing it, but he's also starring in it. It's based on the infamous movie The Room. Possibly uh, the worst movie ever made. The worst, best, the best worst movie ever made, in my opinion. Uh, it's so bad, so so bad that the it's room just so it's better than it's better. It's more entertaining. It's more entertainingly bad than Battlefield Field Earth was. Yeah, well, you know, it's the it's the most earnestly acted but poorly performed movie ever yes by a man with a vision that is a terrible vision terribly written terribly (laughs) acting terribly yes because the yeah tommy wiseau he wrote he directed and starred in this film disaster artist is actually the name of the book that the actor who played in it greg sestero i believe his name was he wrote the book so that the movie is based on this book which is basically this movie is the making of this movie. It's based on the making of this movie. You don't need so to that, have seen the movie. All you need to do is just look at clips on YouTube. Right. How bad it exactly. is. Exactly. I mean, there are there's, like maybe 10 key scenes. Yep. There's, there's a 10-minute clip, I think, that has all the key scenes, and that's that's it, and, and just see that. But the, but the trailer, I thought, was just amazing. Yeah, it has James stuff. Franco as Tommy Wiseau. He's trying to get this one scene, which is one of the most infamous scenes, which is actually the funniest and best scene of the right. movie, unintentionally. Um, <laughs> he, he can't remember his lines. It finally takes him 67 takes to get this done in the trailer. Uh, the line is, I did not hit her. I did not. It's bullshit. Shit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. That's the line. It took him 67 takes. He finally gets it out, and they are thrilled that he gets it out. Doesn't Just matter about say, the delivery. He yeah. was able to say those words. That's all that mattered. The it was worst the delivery worst ever. <laughs> delivery ever. And I think James Franco did a great job. I I, I like James Fra- Franco in comedy. I, I hated only it James Franco would do this movie. Right? Yes. This is a, like a, a quintessential James Franco right. movie. Precisely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you know it's not like a spot on impression, but it doesn't no, have it's to good be. enough. Yeah, it's good enough. And it's I, the hair, and like I said, I like comedy <laughs> James Franco. I hated him in Spider Man movies, but in, uh, yeah, I wasn't Ex- a fan yeah. either. Yeah. Pineapple, but Pineapple Express, I loved him. Uh, and, and Although I liked him in you know Planet of the Apes, it was a serious yeah Planet role. of the Apes was good. That was the only serious role I yeah. think I liked him in. But uh, but yeah, this trailer I loved it. Would you like this trailer? Oh, <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> 
this is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, just as Ben said, I mean, it's 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 take after take of just say you know you know six lines, and he cannot. And it's his own movie. He's directing it supposedly, and he cannot get this through these you know few lines, and then he delivers them. And they're the worst ever <laughs> and this just gives you a taste of how bad the movie is go watch any youtube clip yes. of, uh, of this movie it's so bad this is gonna be this, it's it's almost meta in a way right because it's like it's people who know how bad a movie is who are then gonna watch a movie about how bad the movie yes. is all you have to do is just watch the you don't have to watch the full movie of the room just watch the <laughs> clips on youtube <laughs> so i'm definitely seeing this as am I. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it. So um, James Franco, Dave Franco, uh, somehow he got that job, and Seth Rogen. Yep. And then, so yeah, I mean that that's pretty much our show. We just want to go over what's coming out uh, in the next week or, week or two. Uh, we have Dunkirk coming out this week, which I know you're not uh, too happy about. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a great movie. I think it's going to be excellent. But this isn't the movie that I want. I want Christopher Nolan on the heels of Interstellar to go do something different. We know World War II. Uh, we've, we've seen this story many times. I think it's going to be excellent. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to love it. But I'd like to see him do just something. He, he has that creative ability to go you know, beyond our normal expectations. You know, Maybe do something medieval. Maybe do something sci-fi. He's such a good director. I, I think a, a bit of this energy, and again, it's going to be good, but I think it's wasted on this subject. So that, those are my thoughts. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's – I'm excited for it, but I, I, I respect your opinion on that. <laughs> um, and then we also have The Big Sick, uh, which uh, is a new romantic comedy, which is getting rave reviews about it, uh, which uh, I wish I knew his name. The guy from Silicon Valley, Indian guy. That guy, <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, and Franklin and Bash, as we talked about earlier. Franklin and Bash. Well, I, I like. I think this is going to be a good movie, and I like that uh, it's dealing with cultural slash racial clashes, but it seems to do it fairly, which is nice. You yeah, know, you got the Ray Ray Romano, who was, I think, underrated. He should be in more stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I love and everybody he, loves Raymond. Yeah, <laughs> I do. He's really good. He was yeah. in. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Parenthood TV series. He was in there a bit. Okay, it does really good job. He's just. Just a great actor, I think. Yeah, uh, and he, you know, he makes a comment about nine eleven, and then you've got uh, his parents talking about, you know, should you be with a white girl, this sort of thing, and then she's sick. So I will say, what one thing I do like about this, and a lot of movies don't do, is they don't play the cultural racial differences fairly, and this one seems to do it. Each side of the family has a problem with the other, and both people have to reconcile that. So yeah, this this seems like it's gonna be a really good. And one. this is actually based on a true story. Uh, uh, the guy, you know, the main guy in it, Q, uh, Q-Mail Nana G- Janny. <laughs> that was a really um, good job pronouncing thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is actually based on his relationship with his current wife, uh, who actually wrote the film. Him and his wife wrote the film, Emily Gordon. So this is actually based on their relationship, which I think is very cool. Yeah. And then uh, we also have The Atomic Blonde coming out with Charlize Theron. What's, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I'm not feeling this one at all. Uh, I think James McAvoy is not needed in here. I, this movie it seems so predictable. I feel like I saw the whole movie in the trailer, and I don't need to go see it. I already know all I need to see. So, so uh, Charlize Theron just you know destroys everybody in the movie, and then she kills everyone, and then it's over. Okay, great. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right about the movie. As a trailer, it's a pretty cool trailer. Right. You know, it's a, it's a fun trailer. The stylistic. Yes, it's a fun... But exactly. <laughs> and again, if you have to have two girls making out in a trailer, I think that's... I think that's just a way of saying this movie's probably not that great. <laughs> that's a great call. That's a way the studio is saying this movie's probably not that great, so let's put this in there right. and sell some tickets. Like, so I, you made contact with serious? the agent. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, I, you know, I licked her face. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, it's probably going to work for some guys, but I mean, I, I, if, yeah. if something's... Like, again, it's just... It, I agree, yeah. If you got to throw that in, then you're really reaching here. Right, yeah. A good movie trailer should not have that in there because it it, it, it shows that the, the studio does not have enough confidence. Yeah, I wonder, be... you know, maybe at some point, uh, how overrated is Charlize Theron? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> she's a beautiful woman that, you know, she's in some good movies. You know, right. There, there was a poll going around Twitter and Mad Max Fury Road won handsomely. But, you know, was it really a Charlize Theron movie or was it a great movie that Charlize Theron happened to be in? You know, which is, where I'd, which is where I'd fall. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll revisit um, that. And then also we have that Valerian movie. Yeah, um, so I don't, have you seen The Fifth Element? Yes. And it was stupid, right? <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. You I did? I could see how someone would think it was stupid, but I, I enjoyed that well, movie. You can see how Chris Tucker going, You can see how someone would say that that might not be a good movie? Uh-huh. Okay, yes, yes. so that's that's the most you'll you're willing to. Conceive. Well, no, yeah, yes, I, it's not my favorite movie of all time. It's just when I first saw it, I enjoyed it. When okay. I watched it again, when I watched it again, I, 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 uh, <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman is a little over the top. Yeah, it's all over the top, which is fine. But this one is a is connected to the graphic novel, I guess. But this one, I I don't know what it's the critical reviews seem to be mixed. But uh, seeing the trailers on this, I, I I see some promise here. This is one I want to see. Me too. They showed a uh, like a sneak peek to it at the Spider-Man Homecoming yeah. uh, showing, and I wasn't hooked until I saw that that uh -huh. trailer. Like they 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 showed they didn't really show what it was about. They didn't even show the main actor who's in it. Um, this seems which is uh, kind of inventive and just you're taking yeah. me in this world and doing different stuff. I don't know. It just yeah. at least visually it seems. Yeah, like it's about a you know uh, Earth makes a space station and the right. gravitational pull like you know it affects seems... it in a way so they have to pull away from the Earth and go somewhere else. And uh, it, oh, Dane DeHaan is the main I guy. Don't it's know got him. Cara Delevingne. I don't know about her either. She seems to be. She seems angry. Oh, Ethan Hawke is in it as well. Clive Owen, John Goodman. Wow, Rihanna. Rihanna's in it. Uh, but yeah, I think it looks cool. I think it looks a lot better now that I've seen the featurette for it, or not featurette, but the the sneak peek to it that they showed in front of Spider Man. I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, this one seems like the kind where, like, you know, I know it's not going to be a good movie, but I still want to watch it for its entertainment value. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. it'll probably get like three popcorns and like one and a half star. Yeah, you know. Um, but I like our new rating system. I like. I, I <laughs> Me like too. It. <laughs> Who cares what anyone else says? I think we've we've got something innovative. Right. Did you see uh, the Gary Oldman trailer? The uh, the um, uh, he plays Winston Churchill. 
Yeah, you know, it's again, I'm going to feel like I say this every episode. World War Two. I don't need it. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. sorry. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I'm, I'm like going to develop this issue. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> World War Two is a, is a sore issue for you. It really is. You know, well, because, you know, it's like I say it, but, you know, almost like all the stuff we see, it's there's always some movie or some project that calls back to that era. Right. Give me something different, please. I, get I, I can it. I can understand I, that. You know I, I don't want to be a the, broken It's called record. the darkest hour. That's what it's called. Yeah, and I bet he'll be he'll be great because yeah. Gary Oldman is a top flight top flight actor. Yeah, but the thing I have to say about Dunkirk is you know what you were just saying about how we've seen enough about World War Two. We've seen the American side so much. This yeah. is actually going to show a different side of it. This is going to show the British side, right? So I think it could be a little unique in that in that you know line yeah. of thinking. Yeah. So um, and the same with this uh, darkest hour with. Gary so it'll be good to gonna... sort of see a slightly different yeah. perspective. Yeah, ultimately the same thing. <laughs> so I get what you're saying. But uh, yeah, that's it for <laughs> news this week. Uh, next week we will be discussing Arrival. We're going to dig deep into that awesome film. Excellent movie. Excellent movie. So definitely check that out next week. And then uh, the week after that that we're going to discuss uh comic-con comic-con is uh this weekend so uh i'm sure there'll be a lot of movie news coming out of that um so yeah that's uh that's that's all i got you got anything my I friend don't have anything else it's great great to be here and great to talk news with you and uh we'll see you on arrival absolutely all right folks we will see you next week when we discuss arrival for davo i'm ben secord and we'll catch you guys at the movies <laughs>